worship you, Lord. We turn our eyes to you, Lord, Father. You alone, Lord. You alone, Father. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Just keep focusing on him. Let heaven keep flowing in this room. Let his kingdom keep flowing in your life right now, in your mind, in your heart, the thing that's happening right now. There's new life right now in this house, in your body right now. There's new life. We speak it. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Glory, Lord. Don't look to man, look to the Father. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Don't let us get in the way of your ministry, Father. Holy Spirit, come tonight. Minister to us, Lord. Jesus, that anointing that Scott and Tammy are passing around, Lord. Let it birth something new in us tonight, Lord. Let us birth a new fire, a new flame, Lord. Jesus. We glorify your name, Lord. Glory, Lord. You're worthy, Lord. You're worthy. Lord, let us see through our spiritual eyes tonight, Lord. Let us step away from the physical and see into the supernatural right now, Lord. Let us see into your kingdom, Lord, the love that you have for us, Lord. Lord, be Lord right now in our circumstances. And our worship right now. Be Lord. Be glorified. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just wait on Him.
this spot that we're in, we can walk in it all day long. We can wake up to it. There's some that can't wait to go to sleep because they love waking up to it. They want to wake up to the Father's peace. Lord, right now we want that peace in our life, Lord. Lord, we want to be a supernatural church, Lord. We want your kingdom here. Here on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Lord, there's no sickness. There's no depression. There's no anxiety. There's no lies in heaven. We want you in everything. Everything here, Lord. We want your freedom in everything in our lives, Lord. Freedom and worship, Lord, to come and worship you. Jesus. Jesus. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Lord, tonight, Lord. Lord, be, be king in our finances. Be king in our lifestyles, Lord. Be king in every prayer, every footstep, Lord. We prayed for divine appointments Wednesday night, Lord. Lord, maybe we stepped past it, we ignored it, but Lord, we, we prayed again tonight, Lord. We want divine appointments. We want those God appointments in our lives. Lord, we just pray for the supernatural to open up in our lives, Lord. Let us be the conduit of heaven here. Let your will be worked out through us, Lord. Let people get saved, healed, and delivered by your people here, Lord. Use us, Lord, to give you glory and honor, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I think this was stirring a little bit in pre-service prayer, but um, didn't quite have it. But um, Ezekiel 47, as a lot of you guys know, um, it says, as the man went westward with the measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and he led me through water that was ankle deep. And he measured off another thousand cubits. He went through the water that was knee deep. And another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. And another thousand, but it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? A little further down, it says, the fruit trees of all kinds will grow on the banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. I was not even really getting a hold of those last few verses, but I was hearing when you were saying, can we walk in it? And I was praying, God, pour it out. And it just was reminding me, like, we, whatever point we feel like we're at right now in the Holy Spirit, if we feel like we're ankle deep, if we feel like we're knee deep, whatever we feel like God is calling us to that deeper 
that deeper step to that to a, a deeper depth that God is inviting us and and I was praying over the young men earlier and I feel like there is a um, like a prophetic act act of obedience almost like God we step into what you're calling us into we step deeper into what you're calling us into so I just invite you guys if uh, I don't know if we need to just stand up or what how would you Okay, yeah, if, if you guys feel that that rings true with you, I feel like it's ringing true for us and in, in the next season, in my family, in my marriage, I want to take that prophetic step. I want to go deeper in what God's yes, calling me, yes. and I don't want to splash around yeah. in the shallows. I want to be diving in, going deep, right? Yes, Lord. My head, as Stephen Curtis Chapman would say. But yes, we want to take, we want to honor you, Lord. We want to honor your Holy Spirit's invitation tonight, God. So we say yes to your spirit, God. We say yes, yes. to coming deeper in you, yes, Lord. We say yes, God, to the deeper depths, God, to where we're over our heads, God, and we trust you, God, that the, the, the river that no man can cross, God, but you can cross, and you have crossed that great divide, God. We trust you, Lord, that we will not be overtaken by the river, but it is the river of your love. It's the river of your spirit, God. And we want to go deeper, God. We want to be just marinated, saturated in it, God. We want to be dripping with everybody that we come into contact with, with your Holy Spirit, God, because we want more of you, more of you today than we've ever had before, God. We want to prophetically declare, Lord, that we will not go backwards. We are going forward. We are going deeper, God. Yes. Let the waters rise. Let the waters rise up to our necks, over our heads, God. We invite you to pour out your Holy Spirit in this place like it's never been before, God. Yes. That you would uncork it, Lord. That we would all get a taste of you. That we would taste and see how good you are, God. That we would step into areas of our lives that we have never been bold enough or brave enough to go into before, God. Or we've not seen them clearly. God, as we go in, that you would give us fresh eyes. That the scales would fall off, Lord. That we wouldn't see men as trees walking. That we would see clearly, Lord, where we're to walk, God. That you would guide us in that, Lord. That you would wash us with the water of your word, Lord. As we dive in head first, God, into your river, Lord. We thank you for your invitation that you are such a gentleman. And you desire an intimate relationship with us, God. That you invite us to partner with you, God. We say yes to you tonight, Jesus. We say yes, yes to you, Lord. Father God. We say yes to you, Holy yes, Spirit. Yes to everything you have for us, Lord. We want it all. We hold back nothing. We give it all to you, Lord. It's all yours anyway. We give it to you, Lord. And we want everything you have for us. We're jealous for it, God. We are hungry for what you have for us as individuals, us as married couples, us as families, God, us as single people, whatever it is, God, we invite you. Yes. We want it. We want everything you have for us, God. We want to come yes. to the end and say, why did everything you asked and not look back and say, I wish I would have. God, I want to do it all. I want to put my feet and not go backwards. I want to cross the line, not going backwards, draw the line in the sand. I'm going deeper. I'm diving in. We're ready for yeah, more of you, good. Jesus. Yes. We say yes to you yes, tonight. Lord. Yes. yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Take that step. Take it now. I'm going. I'm taking 20 steps. I'm going. I'm going deeper, Lord. I'm going to go deeper with you until I'm drowning. I'm going deeper. Just take a step. 
If it's just one little tiny baby step, he's marking the ground. He marks the ground. There's a line in front of you. Every time you say yes, he marks the line. I, say, I see a red line that says yes in front of your feet. Every time you step over, every time you say yes, he draws a line. He says, this is new territory for you. Kingdom inheritance. Kingdom inheritance. This is your legacy. This is your legacy. This is your inheritance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I know Christian's going to lead us in some more ministry, but I, I saw two things as I felt I saw light coming down. I raised my hands up and the Lord placed a white robe in my hands. I believe that he's giving out fresh white linen, fresh garments. If you need fresh garments, if you need unstained, unsullied, clean, sparkling white, fresh linen, just put your hands out and receive it. Just put your hands up. He is clothing you in his righteousness. He is clothing you in his holiness. The Lord clothes you. Jesus paid for it. He bought you this robe. He bought you this robe. It's a robe of righteousness. It's a robe of holiness. It's a robe of sonship. It's royal garments. Put it on. Clothe yourself. This is for you. It's his gift. He paid for it. He's a good father. Thank you, Lord. And I saw one other thing, and it goes right in with the, the ankle deep, all the way up over our heads deep. I saw, I put my hands up again. I saw the light, and I saw a big, gr giant green leaf coming down into my hands. And I know the scripture says that the leaves of the tree and the fruit and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. If you need healing in your body, lift up your hands. Receive the healing. Receive that leaf. That, that grows from the stream that flows from the throne of God. There's life. There's healing. There's health. There's freedom. We receive it tonight, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Heal the arthritis right now. Or there's sore joints, joints that are in your knees, in your, in your elbows, hands. Heal the arthritis right now. Sore joints right now be healed in Jesus' name. Some of you during worship were feeling arthritis, and we're just praying that away right now in Jesus' name, Lord. Jesus' name, Lord. Jesus' name, Lord. Glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to add on to what she was saying about the young men here with the prophetic voices. Put your hands on your ears. Listen. Listen. Not the natural, but the supernatural. Listen to the Father's voice. Listen to the Father's voice. Lord, I pray right now that you would open their ears to hear your voice to hear your spirit and to move on it, Lord. Lord, wherever they're walking, whatever part of their life they're in, that they would hear your voice in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You guys can put your ears on your hands on your ears too. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Glory Jesus. Is there anyone that needs any type of healing, feeling any pain or sickness tonight? <laughs> What's going on? 
Right now, Lord, we speak this. We speak to this body. Be healed in Jesus' name. Loosen that back and heal that leg in Jesus' name. Right now, Lord, we come against that in Jesus' name. By your stripes, we are healed. The bomb of Gilead, Lord, healing flow over her entire body right now. Fill her with your spirit. Take it. Take it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Are you able to stretch her back out? Back out? Amen. Praise the Lord. How about your leg? Jesus. Amen. It's gone? Amen. Jesus' name. Glory, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else dealing with any type of pain? We're not having it in this house. We're not going to wait till we get to heaven to get healed. We're not going to wait till we get to heaven to see the Father. We're going to see the Father here on earth, and we're going to bring it. He's going to use us. Move on his spirit. Make mistakes on his spirit. Don't be afraid. We're going to fail every day, but we might as well fail for him. Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, Lord. Get to the expectation where you want to wake up and worship the Father. Jesus. Did you put your hands on your ears? Do it again. Jeremiah. Verse 5, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Fill them, Lord, with your spirit right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. From head to toe, Lord. The fire of God on him, Lord. In his belly, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. His eyes be open to the supernatural, Lord. Lord, that he would see heaven more than earth, Lord that he could see what you want to do with people's lives where others can't see. Lord, that he would see hope in the hopelessness. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. One of those old lights in a closet with a little chain hanging down and it's going tick, tick. To see it inside of your spirit. Paul said he prayed that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, would be open, would be illuminated, that you would know him more, that you would experience him more. So we just bless that in Jesus' name, that the light is getting brighter. The, the light for the eyes of your heart is increasing. You're seeing ever more clearly. We bless that in Jesus' name. Christopher. <clears throat> Jesus, you didn't find Jesus. He called you. He's calling you. Amen. Glory, Lord. Glory, Lord. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) 
We just lift up Cara and David wherever they're at right now, Lord. We just bless them, Lord. Our prayer warriors, our our super twins or whatever we want to call them while they're away, Lord, we just bless them right now. Lord, we just pray for Cara, Lord, that you bless her. Lord, as you begin to intercede right now, Lord, that you'd hear your spirit. Lord, that you'd move her into the kingdom right now, Lord, that David would be blown so far right now in Jesus' name. We pray fire on them, Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for our body, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for our family, Lord. There's no condemnation in this house, Lord. We're not judging nobody. We lift up our brothers and sisters that aren't here tonight, Lord. We pray that you be with them, Lord. Whatever they're dealing with, we pray for healing in their bodies. In Jesus' name, Lord. Jesus' name. Comfort them, Lord. Bring them. Jesus' name, Lord. Glory, Shanda Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and transition. We're going to shift gears like we talked about Wednesday night. So we're going to step into another season right now. In Jesus' name. Glory, Shanda We're going to get ready to take communion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Oh, it's awesome so far. <laughs> it's like we've walked miles and it's just every inch. It's just, you can't anticipate that kind of stuff. It just happens. In Jesus' name. We better open these first. God is so good. All the time. All the time. Oh, Glory. I'm going to say this until I get this open. What better time to glorify God. Thank you, Jesus. And everything we do, we glorify your holy name, Father. Everything we do, Lord God. We do with you, with the Holy Spirit. We just thank you, Lord. Glory be to God. We should have opened this yesterday. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Oh. It's hard to open it when you're full of the Holy Spirit. You ready? Okay. We got some promises. We just thank you, Lord, for today, Lord God. Can we read this together? 
I come to you today, God, exactly as I am. I take all my questions, fears, and doubts, and I lay them at your feet. You have given me the sacrament of communion as a reminder of your goodness, your faithfulness, and the cost you paid for our connection. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord. I take your body, Jesus, remembering that I was set free from the crushed depth that you of sin that you paid for, Lord God. We just thank you, Lord God. Uh, if we could all just partake in this. I take your blood. I take your blood, declaring my new reality. I have the mind of Christ. I am a new creation. Jesus Christ lives within me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus is in all of us. Jesus is in all of us, and he lives in this temple. And we just thank you, Lord, that you died for us, Lord God. And we give you glory, honor, and praise. Lord God. We celebrate you today, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we celebrate you, Jesus Christ. And we just thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. It's a long ways back to the seat again. I know we just drank the cup. Just say this together. I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I am a new creation. I am a new creation. Jesus Christ lives in me. Jesus Christ lives in me. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you for rescuing us. Thank you, Lord, for leaving your throne in heaven, for becoming a human baby, so that you could become the perfect Lamb of God, a sin offering, an offering of atonement for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Lamb of God. Just as John the Baptist said when he saw Jesus, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is what we put our hope in. This is what we put our belief in. That one sacrifice on the cross for us was enough. The debt was paid in full. There's no longer any debt to be paid. Your sin has been wiped clean. Now we just get to walk in that reality 
We get to walk in that tension when we do step into an act of disobedience, when we sin in the flesh. We have to remember that our sins have been atoned for. So when we do sin, when we do fall down, we have to get back up. We get to choose to get back up to repent, which just means turn back towards God from what you were just doing. Turn towards the Father. Confess. If you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus it just gets applied over and over and over. Whenever you fail, you're going to stumble. You're going to have make mistakes. Sometimes it's willing. Sometimes it just kind of happens because the spirit of stupid comes on you. <laughs> Sin happens. Stuff happens. But thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. We have, we have the promise of the victory of Jesus for our lives that we get to step into, that we get to walk in. Thanks be to God. Romans 8, you know, Paul, in Romans 7, he gave that long dissertation about how, you know, in my flesh, I have sins in there wanting me to do the wrong thing, and then my spirit, you know, I want to do the right thing, and God, who's going to rescue me from this body of death? And then we move into chapter 8. It says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. By the spirit of, boy, I'm going to mess it up if I try to quote it by memory, but basically it's by the spirit of God, the spirit of righteousness in you, setting you free from the law of sin and death. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. Anytime condemnation starts to get on you, that's not God. The enemy wants to take you out Anytime he has an opportunity to go after you when you make a mistake or when you willingly sin, I'm not trying to water it down. Sometimes we willfully sin. We do stupid stuff. We think, well, okay, I'm just going to do it. And then, and then you feel ashamed. You feel like you've separated yourself from God like Adam and Eve in the garden. But when you're a Christian, your life is hidden in Christ. You have been declared by God holy through the blood of Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews, by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So he's already considered you perfect. Maybe it's because he's outside of time and he sees the beginning and the end. I'm not sure how it works with him. Maybe he'll give me some revelation before I cross over through the veil. But one thing I know One thing I do is I take hold of the Word of God and I put all of my bets on it. I trust in the Word of God, that God is for me, He's not against me. That He who began a good work in me, He's faithful to complete it. He's going to bring it to completion. So when I have those promises, when you and I have those promises of God and we have a bad day, we start feeling low, we start feeling shame coming on us, we can grab hold of the promise of God knowing He will never leave you or forsake you. That's a promise. He said, I will never never leave you or forsake you. So he he won't abandon you, but it's up to you if you want to run far, far, far away from him. Hopefully that's not what the enemy tricks you into doing because 
then you gotta turn back and, you know, the good thing is if you, you do run far away and you come to your senses, like the prodigal son, you come to your senses when you're in the pig pen and you're eating, wishing you could eat the pig food that the pigs are eating, smelling like pig poo. And then you come to your senses and you're like, oh my God, I could at least turn, turn back to him and become a servant in his house. And then you get on that road, you, you start on that journey home and he sees you from afar and he runs with all of his might to meet you on the road. He doesn't wait. And before you can even get all your words out, he already knows your heart. He puts his hand over your mouth and he's like, shh, I got this. Jesus has got this. Come. He puts his arm around you and he walks you back home where there's a celebration. There's a, a party waiting to happen. Anytime a sinner turns back to God, the Bible says, the angels of heaven are celebrating. So when we have a moment of stupid spirit getting on us and we fall down, we get our knees dirty or whatever, you, you, get, you get dirty, get back up. Get back up, step back into grace, and allow the Holy Spirit to wash over you and to move you forward. He wants you and I to grow in grace. Grace is not a license, you know? Some of us want to get our license someday. <laughs> Sorry. No condemnation. There's no condemnation in Christ. Some of us want to have a license. Maybe you got yours revoked or something. I don't know. I'm not looking at anybody over here. I don't know anything. I'm, if, if, it's, if it's prophetic, that's your fault, not mine. I, I'm, just, I'm just making up a scenario. Grace is not a license that the kingdom of heaven gives out to you to go ahead and do whatever you want to do, a license to sin. It doesn't say put your foot to the sin pedal and push it down until you're singing, I can't drive 55, living like, an, like a demon, you know. No. Grace is there for when we sin to get back up and resume. And repentance, this is just one more freebie, repentance. Repentance is when we turn from our sin and we turn back to God. And what God does is we return to the pentacle. We return to the, to the place of right standing with God. Does that make sense? Awesome. I thought he was going out the door. I finally said something that offended him, and he's out he's of I don't want anything to do with these people. Awesome. Hey, so last week we did the first half of this kingdom culture value of releasing the supernatural. And I think we can get back through it. Oh, I have a couple little things here for you guys to look at. I changed the picture in the scripture, though. So part one was... Uh, the rivers of living water flowing out of us, and I had the guy with the fire hose spraying it. And I was like, oh man, I could use a picture of a guy with a flamethrower. But then the scripture was about rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit, he's like rivers of water. He's like fire. You know, the Bible says our God is an all-consuming fire. He comes like the wind. He blows in. I mean, in the upper room, they heard the sound of a violent wind. It wasn't just like a gentle breeze. It, was, it wasn't Febreze. <laughs> It was a violent wind, violent wind, like a tornado. Probably sounded like a freight train in the Midwest or wherever those things happen, Kansas. Not where you guys are going. No, not where you're going. We'll have none of that. Okay, so, the, in, so part two of releasing the supernatural or Jesus empowers supernatural ministry. 
We read this last week. I did trim a few things up, but I wanted to recap quickly. I'm not going to preach each one of these, these parts again. Uh, Mark 16, 15 through 18, Jesus said to them, as you go, and this is he's saying this to you and me right now, as you go into the world, as you go into Bremerton, wherever you go, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. This is us. We're believers, right? Are you a believer? Okay, that means you believe, that you believe something. You believe this. These miracle signs, they will drive out demons in the power of my name. Jesus' name, come out. Is that the name of the movie you guys saw? Come out in Jesus' name? Yeah, the other one. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in new tongues or, or tongues. They will be supernaturally protected. Okay, take that. Take it home tonight. You will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. Someone tries to slip something in you, God's going to protect you. That is the will of God, that you are protected supernaturally from poison. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. They won't just lay hands on the sick and say, God, please, please, oh God, in your mercy, if it's your will, yes, if it's your will. You're going to turn that thing on and use it? It is on. Okay. (laughs) The challenge is to not have a mindset of doing it in here. We need to have that mindset of going out there and doing it. We can heal each other all day long, but we're not going to change our community if we're not out there doing it. Amen. And so we really need to start focusing on shifting our mindset and doing this on your job, at the grocery store, in your neighborhood. We've got to get out of these walls and see our city get saved and changed. Yeah. Yeah. He gave you and me the Holy Spirit to live inside of us so that we could represent Jesus everywhere we go. And that means when I'm dressed up like a goofy looking mailman with those over (laughs) oversized shorts that don't look very great. I mean, my legs look, (laughs) the the mailman's wife likes it, I guess. I did have a lady in Tacoma one time. It was funny. Tammy knows. (laughs) she was, she was a soul sister in the heart of Hilltop. And she was looking at my legs and she's like, look at them legs. She said something about, you want a pork chop and gravy. And I'm like, pork like, chop and gravy. I just, I just laughed. I'm like, so yes, funny. okay. Mailmen's calves usually get pretty nice looking. And then they get nice and golden brown from the sun. Anyway, where were we going? Yeah. Out to the when I'm a when I'm a goofy looking mailman, when you're a goofy looking tech guy in, in the office there, and your coworkers are talking, you know, whatever, you get to be Jesus. Yeah. You get to be Jesus. What would Jesus do? What would he do? What would he do in the shipyard when you're teaching classes and training workers and and being uh, uh, what's the word? Well, I was talking about Christian, but in Christopher, and being uh, trained up for your new job. And yeah. Yeah. 
what would it look like? What, is, what would Jesus have you do in those moments at the airport, in the school, wherever you guys go, when you're walking through Costco or Fred Meyer? Yeah. Yeah. We had on our flight um, back, our last flight back, um, there was a young man who came on the plane and he was very agitated. I felt like he was actually manifesting. And he was. <laughs> and slamming the overhead things and opening them and slamming them and really scaring the little lady that was sitting next to us. And so I just started just praying in the spirit and asking the Holy right Spirit. Yeah, he was in front of us, but up on the end, just asking the Holy Spirit to subdue his spirit, and that his spirit would come in line with the Holy Spirit. And he settled down. Wow. He settled right down. And then on our plane going into Reading, this couple sitting across the aisle, it's only two seats, and then the aisle, two more seats. And they were all happy and doing good, and it was a little bit bumpy. Just a little. <laughs> Just a little bumpy. A little turbulence. <laughs> Landing. That last 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, she's over there fanning herself, and Miss Smiley wasn't smiling anymore, and she grabbed her barf bag, and I thought, oh, heck no. Not on my watch are you barfing next to me. So I just had my hand on. I was like, shut up, I want to see you. And pretty soon she's still fanning, but then her barf bag went back, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. doing this. <laughs> yeah. No way is that happening. <laughs> Shifted that up. <laughs> yeah. And so she kept it together until we got off the plane. And I mean, I think she was fine once we got off the plane, too. What do we call this? What is that called when we're doing this? Supernatural ministry. Releasing. Releasing the spirit, yeah. yeah. Give me that real quick. Real, oh, yeah. real quick. Why, you have one. I'll, I'll show you why. <laughs> I'll, I'll show you why. Tell everyone about the balcony, just real brief. The balcony in Hawaii. You can do it. Everyone knows you. Come on, Cheryl. Okay. Uh, do it. Do it. Do it. So where we were staying. Where was that? It doesn't matter. Waikiki. Just get to the juicy part. There's, <laughs> well, there's homeless, and yeah. so there was a man one night, and he was just out there, I could just hear him just crazy, do you remember him? He was just screeching and creeping, and I don't know, and I just, I just held my hand out, and I just said, Lord, just silence him, calm him, shh, in the name of Jesus, and we're gone. <laughs> Wow. Did, didn't you do the release of the shh? I thought that's what you had told me. Well, that's how I retell the story. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can end up skipping a ton of the, the notes here tonight because really the point is, is you can release the, the Holy Spirit. You can release the supernatural presence of God. Yes. Sometimes we've told our kids when they were growing up, turn your sprinklers on. Yes. When they're laying hands on someone in our living room or having a house meeting, someone needs healing, we would ask the kids, put your hands on them, because they have a lot of faith, probably more than us adults. And then we would say, turn, turn your sprinklers on. We stole that from Bill Johnson. He said he would go up and down the aisles of his favorite whole, well, not whole foods, but like a, like a healthy food store, health food store, but it was kind of a new agey place. And he would walk up and down the aisles, and he said, and I just turned the sprinkler on. I mean, maybe he didn't do that with his hand. But he's just releasing. intentionally releasing the presence of God in yeah. that place. And there's something on when you're like, shh, shalom. Even this weekend, 
someone released impartation and he just went oh well don't share that part yeah. and it just got so heavy in the place like it was amazing and we were a while back we were in Fred Meyer and this guy like manifested I knew he was going to like my <laughs> ears were perked and I I was like this guy something's gonna go on and it was weird he kept zipping, walking really fast, coming yeah. up by us, and then turning, like, <laughs> like he, in a ping pong machine or something. Did he, like, growl at me or something? Or, he, like, did something. He, he came up to us, and he went, <sighs> So I went, I went, <sighs> at him. And, and he went, <sighs> And he ran. And because he was behind, he, like, he did that, and then he passed me, and I turned on, and I was like, like that at him, and he ran, and then he went around the corner, and he saw me, and he took off running the other way. Like I was like, yeah, yeah. bring it on. <laughs> I'm not gonna have any of that in my Fred Meyer. <laughs> right. Right. When when you have a little baby in your arms and and they're crying and you're trying to calm them down, what do you do? There's something about that sound that helps to soothe. And in the Hebrew, the word shalom has that sh shalom sound. Yeah. And so I remember just talking to my sister about that, and I believe that's what you first told me. Yeah. You went out on the balcony and you just went, shh. Yeah. Whatever it is, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit leads you to do to, to do a prophetic act, whether that's moving your hands out or saying shh, or just praying in the Spirit, whatever, whatever he's leading you to do, yeah. <laughs> Back off. We, we are dispensers of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is kind of funny because we're talking about situations where we're just doing a little bit of warfare by releasing the presence. Yeah. But then there's those occasions where we actually get to share the good news, like the scripture is yeah. talking about. As we go out and, and we see someone, and it doesn't have to happen in the order of preach the message and then heal them. Jesus healed people all over the place. Everywhere he went, he was healing people opening blind eyes, raising dead people out of their coffins. How much more are people going to believe in Jesus when they get a healing or yeah. set free from something? Yes. Like, they're, they, there's no denying it. Yeah, like, they're going to, they're, yeah, there is, there is a God. Yes. So yeah. they're just going to believe that much more when, when we go out and, and see people healed. So our, our desire, our hope, is that our house here, Legacy City Church, would be activated. Yeah. Would be activated. That we would, we would take a step of faith when the occasions arise, when the Holy Spirit is prompting you. And we spell faith R-I-S-K. Risk. Yeah. Taking a step of faith just means getting out of your comfort zone and approaching someone. And it could be as easy as, hey, I see you look like you have some pain. Are you, are you doing okay? They may say, yeah, I sure could use prayer, or they won't. But then if they don't, you could say, you know, I, I'd like to pray for people, and I've seen stuff happen. You want me to pray for you? If they say no, you haven't lost anything. Right. You just feel a little goofy maybe for asking. But that kind of stuff just breaks off the more you do it. The more you get comfortable just taking a step into someone's personal space. But you don't want to be pushy. You don't want to insist, oh, please let me pray, please. You know, no, no, and they're like running backwards. You yeah. know. It'll come out of the love. You have to have a love for the people. And when we have a love for the people, compassion comes on us. Yes. And 
that's when we can share the gospel or get them healed or delivered, whatever. Yeah. So speaking of the love of God that fills our hearts for people, as we read this last week, but we'll just re recap it real quick. Bill Johnson said, in the same way that Jesus revealed the Father's heart to Israel, so we, the church, are to be a manifestation of the Father's heart to the world, his love, his heart of love. We are carriers of his presence and doers of his will. Giving what we have received releases him into situations previously held in the grip of darkness. This is our responsibility and our privilege. Another quote from him, we're not going to pause on these, we're going to keep going. Releasing the supernatural is more than just about experiencing a realm that we can't see. We prayed about that tonight. We want the eyes of our hearts to be able to see that invisible realm, the, the realm of, that's real that we can't see with our human eyes. But it's more than just experiencing that realm. It's about walking in the faith and understanding that our role on this planet is to release our experience and faith to others. As God releases the supernatural in our lives, we get the honor of releasing the supernatural to the world around us. It comes down in the vertical from heaven to you in an, in an encounter with God, and then you get to give it away. You get to release that to somebody else. His power exists to bear witness to another realm. So he wants to manifest his power through you to, to bear witness to the reality that heaven is real, that Jesus is real, that God really does love people and heal people. So how do we walk in the supernatural? How do we gain access? We, we read this last week. I'm going to go quickly over this. Faith is the mirror of the... Excuse me. Faith is a mirror. So your faith, your trust, your belief in what God's saying in his word about you being a carrier, a temple of the Holy Spirit. Your faith is like a mirror of the heart that reflects the reality of an unseen world. The heart that reflects the reality of an unseen world. The actual substance of his kingdom. Through the prayer of faith, we are able to pull the reality of his world into this one. This is the function of faith. By faith, I pull on heaven. I may not do that with my hands. If I'm going to pray for someone who's not a believer on the street and they, they got a bum leg or something, I'm in my spirit, I'm pulling on heaven. I'm leaning into heaven. And by faith, I put my hand on their leg and I begin to release the kingdom of heaven into that. I may most likely make a declaration because the kingdom realm, the spirit realm is voice activated. We need to declare, we need to speak. So we speak to that and we say, pain be gone in Jesus' name. I release life, I release healing now. Yeah. And you don't have to pray for 20 minutes and say, you know, I hope, hope you're not burned out from me taking up a whole half hour of your time on the street corner. Just pray a simple prayer of faith. And then ask them, do you feel anything? Maybe check it out. Does it still hurt? Like we were doing tonight. This is kind of the experiment zone. We get to play around and try it out here and watch God move here in this space so that we will have faith and expectancy to take it outside this place. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I hope so. I could repeat myself if you want. No. <laughs> no. Okay, so faith, I love the last part here. Faith has its anchor in the unseen realm. Now, are we gonna have to do part three for this? Anchored in the unseen realm, it lives from the invisible toward the visible. 
faith actualizes what it realizes. So you get a revelation of what's going on in heaven, what God, what is happening, the, the reality of heaven, that Holy Spirit is in you. So you, you're getting revelation in your mind, in your spirit. And then you want to release what revelation is coming to you. Faith provides eyes for the heart. All right, Hebrews 5, 14, I think we read this as well. Solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. Or in the NIV, which is, my, I should have just used the NIV to begin with, who by constant use have trained themselves. The more you use your gift of faith, the more you step out in praying for healing or Maybe it's going to be praying for deliverance of a demon. Someone's manifesting on a, in a street corner somewhere. They may be in your workplace. I've had weird stuff happen when I got worship music playing on my little phone. I don't crank it that loud either. I just lay it on my case and I start putting the mail in. I start worshiping a little bit. I'm like, ah, whew, Holy Spirit, yeah. It's all good. I'm feeling the presence of God. And then a couple doors down, a couple cases down, I start hearing someone cussing and they're just like, ah, this place sucks or whatever. I'm like, wow. Things manifest when the presence of God begins to flow. And when you worship, the flow starts happening. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many different intentional ways that the flow of God can be released through your worship, through your prayers, through prophetic acts. And shift happens. Yeah. Shift happens. Get that yes. And there was another one, another T-shirt we... We said, we're going to steal that one. We're going to give the devil the finger. Is that what it is? Because the, the demons leave by the finger of God. You know, they, they leave. So we're going to give the devil the finger. Okay. I'm going to skip ahead. I really don't want to do part three, so I'm just going to ram through this stuff. We're going to skip that one. And this is the question that we landed on. And then we're like, okay, we're going to be done. What does it look like to feed yourself on the supernatural? How can you increase your experience of the supernatural in your life? You know, I think we all know the basics. Read the Bible, um, worship God, pray, fast, um, watch videos on people doing specific things, you know, healing people and setting people free from demonic stuff. Feed yourself. Yes. Testimonies. Thank you. Sharing testimonies, listening to testimonies. When we hear testimonies, they build your faith. They strengthen your faith. Yeah. And the word testimony in the Old Testament means when you look at the Hebrew word for testimony, it means it can be translated as do again. In the book of Revelation, it says the spirit of te the testimony of Jesus, right? The testimony of Jesus, which whatever Jesus is doing in your life, the testimony of Jesus, the power of his work, prophesies. Yeah. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. It moves forward. Go ahead. I want to encourage us as parents to, if it's something I had seen from Chris a long time ago and it totally set us on course for with our children, is we don't always want to shelter our kids from scary stuff. From scary stuff or from uh, issues. Yeah. Um, because we want them to see the breakthrough. Yes, come on. And we want them, our yes. kids got to experience firsthand a miracle in a family. And Obviously, there was a lot of detail left out, but like our kids got to, they knew what was going on, yeah. and they, we prayed as a family, and they got to see the breakthrough, they got to see the miracle, yeah. and I think often so many times we want to 
protect them because we don't want them to carry that burden, and rightly so, some things they shouldn't have to carry, but it's really important as a family that our kids get to see things happening and then get to experience that breakthrough because then their faith is catapulted as yes, well. Yes. And I think it takes away the fear of what if some, what, what if there's an issue yeah. of, for whatever, you know? So it's really good for our kids to, to be able to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Is, is the word of the Lord able to break thought patterns in the mentally ill? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. The power of God can rewire the brain. People who think faulty thoughts and are in confusion and would be labeled as mentally ill, God can break through that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We've witnessed it. Truth is powerful. The word of God is living. It's active. It can fix the mind. Yeah. Ethan had a, a vision I'll just say it for you. He had a vision, which is the first time I think he's had something like this, when we were praying for that woman, the homeless woman, who we thought maybe had a demon. And we didn't know to um, lean into or invite him to speak things because um, we didn't understand that was something God was showing him. But he had a vision of himself in front of that lady in a river of water, in water, and he took the water, scooped it up, and he splashed it on her, and he saw zoomed into her brain, am I correct in this? Zooming into her brain, parts of her brain turning gold. Wow. That is a, a prophetic yeah. picture of what the Holy Spirit yeah. either was doing or wanted to do in that situation. He wanted to take that river of his presence and release it on the human brain so that the kingdom can come and heal those places where there's brokenness. So, let's, let's, we're going to get through this. I know, don't look at your watch. It's still, it's still light outside, I'll just tell you that. That should give you hope. There's not crickets out there. Okay, no one's falling out the window, that's right. Read the book of Acts. You should tell, Paul preached for hours, hours. All right, Acts 1, verse 5 and verse 8, Passion Translation. Jesus said, wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift that the Father has promised. For John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Just put your hands up for a second. Okay, It's not because I'm asking you to do it. It's not because he won't do it if you don't do this. Just receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The gift the Father is pouring out. See, you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. He came to live inside of you when you put your faith in Jesus and confessed Jesus Christ as Lord. He sealed you and adopted you. He gave you the spirit of sonship on the inside of your being, of your body. He joined himself with your spirit, causing your spirit man, spirit woman inside of you to become born again reborn, new life, the life of God joined with your spirit. And because of that, you became a new creation, never before walking the earth, brand new, like a newborn baby. And then the Holy Spirit wants to be poured out over your life. 
He wants to come upon you and me to empower us to do works of ministry. As Bill has said before, He is in you for your sake, but He comes upon you for their sake. So just receive, just say, Holy Spirit, come upon me. Clothe me in power. I want to be a dispenser of your kingdom. I want to release what Jesus paid for. I want to see Jesus get the full reward of what he paid for on the cross. Lord, give us wisdom and understanding, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Help us to know the great inheritance, the riches of the spiritual realm of the kingdom that you have given us access to. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what Father God is continuously doing and saying. And we, will, we want to be obedient to what you show us. So we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for gracing us with your power, yes. with your presence. So Jesus continued to say, but I promise you this. Okay, here's a promise. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power. Just say seized. Seize. It's like grab. Ah. Ah. <laughs> you guys don't know who, um, oh, I can't even think of his name. Is Maybe you'll remember. You know, he wrote the Father God theology book. Oh, Harold Eberly. Harold, you guys know who Harold Eberly is, some, some of you? Anyway, <laughs> that's what he does when, when he's preaching. He goes, hooah. It's kind of a short little bald-headed guy. Hooah. Okay. And you will be my messengers. So he wants to seize you with, the Holy Spirit wants to seize us with power and we will be messengers. We will be witnesses. That word can also mean martyrs. Just saying. I know when I was a newborn Christian, I was willing to go anywhere he wanted me to go. I don't know if my willingness changed, but I know then I was ready to go to Africa or somewhere and die. Like I was just so on fire. Just send me. I wish I'd have known. <laughs> we got to travel. Oh, okay. Well, he wasn't telling me to do it. He was just making me ready. Whatever. Okay, so Bill Johnson says in his book, When Heaven Invades Earth, so great was the disciples' need for power to become witnesses that they were not to leave Jerusalem until they had it. Maybe don't get up off that bedroom floor or that Bible reading session until you know he is coming upon you. I don't know. I mean, you got to go do your stuff. Okay, but don't, don't do ministry until you've had some conversation with God and ask him, God, I need your spirit. I need your power. I need you to clothe me today as I prepare to pray for this person or go to this person in the hospital and lay my hands on them, believing for their healing. That word power, dunamis, speaks of the miracle realm. It comes from dunamai, which means ability. Miracle realm ability. Think about it. We get to be clothed with God's ability. Is he able? Then he can clothe you and me with his ability. And we're almost done here. This is going to ramp down really fast. James Maloney, uh, he's gone on to be with the Lord in his book, Theology of Healing. This is just basically about love. But we are the generation. I think this is a good declaration. I'm the one who gets to read it, but you can read it out loud if you want. We are the generation that is going to experience the revelation of the power and authority of God in our lives. It has everything to do with relationship and intimacy. 
if we desire to have the love in our hearts more than we desire to have the power in our hands, God will entrust to us the power. We don't simply need the miracle. We need the revelation of who God is, what his power can do, and how much he loves us. Yeah, get your screenshot. <laughs> Did you get it? All right. That's good. we got to have love. If we don't have love, we're just a noisy gong. All right. What does it look like to release the supernatural in your daily life? I think we're talking about that. What obstacles, fears, or lies keep you from experiencing the supernatural on a more regular basis? I found some really good tidbits of truth of ex from experience of, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but his first name is Vladimir, and he leads a church in Pasco, Washington, and he has a ministry that is fairly well known. So if you've never heard of Vlad, that's okay. If you're curious, I'll, I'll help you find it later. Just type in Vlad, V-L-A-D, Pasco, Washington, and you'll find him. Um, but he had these five tips to increase the flow of the supernatural power of God in your life. Yeah, you're going to want to take screenshots, but you'll wait till I get all the way through number five. <laughs> There's five of them, okay? So this might take just a minute to go through this. And then we're going to stand up and we're going to do a declaration. First of all, not, not now. No. After the five tips, then we'll stand and we'll do the declaration. Okay, so number one, this is so important. This is why we as a church focus so much on your royal identity as a son or daughter of God, crowned with royal authority. Okay, you have royal authority. We need to, first of all, receive the revelation. We've got to know that we know that we know. Like, brainwash yourself with the truth. Okay, the word of God is like soap. It comes in and washes us. We need our stinking thinking renewed and washed so that we're convinced that we know who we are. I'm not the guy that just sinned, so now I'm a sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. I just disqualified myself for the rest of my Christian walk because I said F. Or whatever I said, you know, I stubbed my toe and I cussed. I must not be a Christian. No, I have to know that I know that I know that, yeah, that word shouldn't be coming out of my mouth. You know, that, that behavior shouldn't be happening in my life. So I make it my aim to present myself to him as an offering. I, I, I submit myself to him. I offer my body to him again and again and again in worship that I might become his and yield to him over and over. So we receive the revelation first that we're anointed. If you are a royal priest, royal means crown, right? You got a crown, you're royal, you're regal, crown. And I talked about this before. If, if you're royal, then that means you receive, what happens to the kings in the Bible? Before they're declared a royal king, they get the oil poured over them. You're not a king if you're not anointed to be one in the Bible, okay? So let's just, Let's just receive that reality now. You're not a son or a daughter of God, a, a regal, royal, priesthood, son or daughter of God, until you've received the anointing of the Holy Spirit who has come to live inside of you. When you've received Jesus, you're receiving the Holy Spirit, and you've been anointed. You are now a Christian. You are a little anointed one, smeared with the oil of the Spirit right on top of your head. I'm not looking at it. I'm looking at it, Christian. I want to get the oil out. And... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You got a beautiful head, man. And, and we want it to shine with a Shekinah glory. So, okay. I've messed around way too much here. Let's, let's go through these. I'll stop, I'll stop exasperating and 
rabbit trailing. Receive the revelation that you are anointed. It's not an experience as much as it is a revelation. See Romans 12, 1 and 2. That's the scripture about be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformation comes not by trying harder or by getting the right person, person at Bethel to pray for you and to impart something to you. No, the anointing comes as you believe in Jesus. It remains, 1 John 2, 27, it remains or it abides within you. And it gets released as we get revelation of that reality. Number two, insecurity will cripple. Like I was going to say more, insecurity will cripple. Identity releases the anointing. Aha, insecurity is an enemy. You want to release the anointing? You want to release the power of God as you're praying for people? We got to get rid of insecurity. We got to get rid of all of the self-condemnation, the disqualifications, measuring ourselves to other people. You are a royal son or daughter of God. You have the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Same Holy Spirit that's in Bill Johnson is inside of you and me. Okay, so Bill's not any, he's special because he's got a special call. But the the Holy Spirit is not different. It's the same Holy Spirit. Insecurity will cripple, identity will release the anointing. Anointing operates through identity, not character. Now I'm just going to speak briefly on this because this helps us understand how is it, Lord, that these powerful men and women of God travel the earth doing miracles, signs, and wonders, and then we find out that they're sleeping with prostitutes. How is it? Anointing operates through their identity. Can a child of God fall into immorality? Yeah, they can. Should they repent if they do? Yeah, they should. But what they are operating out of is their anointing and their identity. And our anointing, when it, as it operates out of who we are, who God says we are, That means our character can be flawed and the anointing will still flow. Now, he was saying in a video that I was watching of his that bad character with anointing is annoying. Like there's something about people that minister. Yeah, we recognize they're doing miracles, signs and wonders, but there's just something annoying. There's something wrong. Like you can sense it, but you don't know what it is. You don't want to judge. You know, we're not in their lives. And then something comes out in public news, and we're like, oh, my God, you know, that was happening. I mean, it goes on all the time. Thank God that God is a God of restoration. Yes. He, can, he can redeem. He can restore people. Doesn't mean that they'll have the same platform of ministry that they once had, but it doesn't disqualify them for the rest of their lives ever to be used by God might be hard for those who are around them to receive their ministry. But anyway, let's move on. Let's get rid of insecurity. And let's, let's work on having good character because yeah. we don't want a foundation, our character foundation, to be cracked because you will crumble under the weight of the anointing. If God is going to anoint you powerfully for ministry, we need to have character to stand up under yeah. it. That was my addition. So number three, see people greater than you see your problems. Mm -hmm. Don't navel gaze. Don't introspect so much that you're like, "I'm I'm not good enough. I don't have the right words. Jesus said the Holy Spirit who is given to you will remind you of everything you are to say, everything Jesus said, and he will give you the words to speak. 
So we just need to trust him in those situations and take a step of faith. Don't focus on yourself and your, your problems. See the people in front of you as greater than that problem. I thought that was a good point. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I didn't come up with him, so yeah, you can give him feedback on his YouTube channel. Sometimes you will minister out of faith, other times out of obedience to God. Sometimes you just have great faith rising up inside of you to go do it. I felt it when I'm, I'm delivering mail before. I felt this weight come on me, to, and I see somebody. I'm like, oh, no, Lord. And I'm like just feeling so like heavy on my chest. I know he wants me to go talk to them, and I just want to do my work. But I'm like, but I want to bust people too, but I don't want to be wrong. And then the weight gets heavier and heavier, and he's just like, my heart starts pounding. Dun, dun, dun. And so I've just all right, I'm going to go. And I'm like, I've said this to the Lord. I'll finish walking down this side of the block and I'll cross over. And if they're still there, I'll do it. <laughs> and yes, they're still there. A coworker, I'm like, God, there's no time to talk because they do a certain job and I'm not close. And we're not supposed to go talk and waste time in the station. And I go out to my truck and he's right there having a cigarette on a bench right behind my truck. And I had a word typed up on my phone and I was so nervous. Anyway, Sometimes I'm going to do it out of faith. Sometimes it's out of obedience to God. Okay? We don't have to wait for the feeling. If you know God is putting it in front of you to do it, then do it. Number five, what comes to you from the Holy Spirit in the moment? Take a risk and speak it. What is he saying? What does he want you to say? What is he saying about that person? Why is he telling you red bicycle, yellow dress, why is he giving you a picture or a word? Maybe he just wants you to go to that person and say, does, does this mean anything to you? I just keep seeing you like a little kid with a red bicycle. Did you have a red, red bicycle? And then they might start crying if God was like on that. You, we don't know. He'll give you pictures. He'll give you words. Yeah. It just varies. His number one language is not English. He speaks to us through impressions, through senses, through scripture, obviously, and through his still small voice. The anointing will increase through honor, through feeding, through intimacy, and what we got this last week. Sorry, guys, I know you wish you were there. Impartation. No, I, I play around. We all want to get it. And you know what? There's lots of opportunities to travel and go places. We get the Bethel students here in our building. We get teams over in, in Tacoma area ministering in churches. There's so many things going on. We are located in a really prime spot to go get imparta impartation. Yeah. So if you want it, it's probably not that hard to find. Yeah. And, you know, if you want the second fiddles, the third fiddles, you know, we'll give you some impartation. <laughs> Might not be Bill Johnson, but... Identity. Identity. Get it right. <laughs> yeah. Identity. We're not second or third fiddle. There you go. I was joking. Why don't you guys why don't you guys stand up? Let's make a declaration. And we're done, man. It is. It is late. It's still light out though. A little bit of light. Okay, you guys ready? Yeah. <clears throat> Warm up your vocal cords. <clears throat> All right. There's power in your words, guys. Here we go. The invisible realm is more real to me than the visible realm. I think we should say it again. The invisible realm is more real to me than the visible realm. 
Angels are with me at all times to strengthen, assist, and minister to me. Do you believe that? It's biblical. I consistently release the supernatural to others by faith, not merely by sight or feeling. I am relentless in my pursuit of releasing the supernatural. I will not take no for an answer. I will not let apparent failure stop me. Amen to that. I increasingly have supernatural, Holy Spirit-infused dreams, visions, unusual miracles, manifested authority over demons, angelic visitations, new infillings of the Holy Spirit, and other encounters. Those are some good declarations. Some of the culture of Bethel that I don't feel like we've probably presented it a ton, maybe in parts. You know, we do talk about declarations. We do a lot of declarations every time we're together as we pray and do stuff. We minister to to one another through declarations. But that is a part of their culture that has really, I think, empowered them to, to take ground in the kingdom, to take, not just in the kingdom, but it's taking ground that the enemy once had hold of. There's There is power in your words. Power of death or life is in the tongue. So let's, let's, as we close in prayer, let's just consecrate. You know, I almost kind of see this as a flow. Like heaven flows in through your ears, your eyes, kind of lights up your little brain, your big brain. I'm not saying you have a little brain. I'm not looking at you, Nora. You got a big brain. My kids all have like healthy brains, right? It lights up your brain. And then it, it gets spoken, the truth gets spoken out of your mouth. And it's like it's pulling this kingdom reality into your being and being like a loudspeaker, or maybe just a speaker, like a speaker out of your mouth. And there's a release. The anointing of God is on the words of God, right? The anointing of God is on his word. If you speak his word, his rhema word as it's coming into you and you declare it, there is life on it. You are releasing life. God created the heavens and the earth by doing what? Speaking. We were created in whose image? God's image. His word tells us the power of death and life is in our tongues. So our words are vital. So Jesus, we consecrate our mouths to you. Lord, I I need to give you my vocabulary all over again, Lord. God, I, I would repent. If you need to repent, repent. God, I repent for using my mouth for the wrong words. And I I just ask tonight, God, that you would purify our mouths, that you would purify the, the, the language storage center of our minds, that the blood of Jesus would just be sprinkled on our consciences and on our thought patterns. And as we articulate words, that you would anoint our words, that you would free us from bad speech and you would plug into us the mind of Christ you would give us a download from heaven, like an upgrade in a computer system, that you would download into our hard drives, our minds, Christ-like thinking. We offer it to you, Lord. We offer, we lay our parts on the altar tonight. We say, here it is, God, here's my mouth, here's my vocabulary, 
here's my mind, my body, all that I am. I lay it on your altar tonight, and I consecrate it unto you. And we just say, Holy Spirit, would you just come and anoint and wash over all of these things that we're giving to you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.